Well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Cultivate Church Online. Hey, we're honored you're here with us. We're in week three of a series we've titled Good Suffering. I hope you've joined in. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to download the church app. You can see all of the content right there uh, on our church app. And I would love for you to tune in and check out all of the content leading up to this week because every message that we've taught this month is really built on the previous one. And week one, we talked about having proper perspective in our pain. Uh, seeing it the way it needs to be seen. It's really easy uh, to walk through a difficult season. It's really easy to go through pain and life and not have a proper perspective. Pastor Rick Warren, a pastor out in California, says it this way, that God's never wasted a pain. And I don't know about you, but I've been through painful seasons in my life and sure enough at times felt like it was a waste. Why is this happening to me? So it helps to have proper perspective as we're walking through it, knowing that God works all things for our good according to his purpose and his will and his plan for our life. And then last week, we talked about having purposeful pain, walking through pain purposefully, that God uses it all for our good and for his glory. And we've gotten all of this from our theme verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. You can read along with me. It says this, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have, wonderful, have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory that is revealed when it's revealed to the world. What's he saying? Don't be surprised when you're going through these things. I love that it's, it's not if, it's when. We're all going to go through difficult seasons. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. It's not if you're ever gonna go through something painful. Culture would teach you to do anything possible to never go through something difficult. Do anything possible to never suffer pain. And as great as that would all be, the truth is it's just not a reality. For all of us, we're going to go through difficult seasons. It's why in week one, we talked about having a proper perspective in the midst of it. It's why we talked about last week, walking through it with purpose, that there's a a why behind the what. What is God gonna do? How is God going to use the pain that I'm walking through for my good and for his glory? We know that God doesn't cause all pain, but pain certainly happens. We all walk through it and he uses it for our Good. This week, we're going to talk about the painful process. The truth is that everyone, under the sound of my voice, you're either in a painful season or you're walking into a painful season or you're coming out of one. And the reality is there's a process to it all. And oftentimes, coming through the, getting all the way through the season of hurt or the season of pain, walking through suffering, Um, there's a process, and many times that process is just painful. A few weeks ago, I twisted my knee doing something. I don't even remember what, and I just remember waking up the next day and my knee being swollen really bad. And, And then I went and played some golf and twisted it some weird way, and I felt it pop, and I knew at that moment something bad had happened, and I went and had it looked at, and sure enough, apparently I've torn some ligament in my knee, and I know that it's not just as easy as taking some Tylenol and letting it all get better. There's going to be a process. There's 
probably going to be some kind of surgery involved. If you know me, I don't like being cut. I don't like being stuck with needles. It's going to be a process. And in my mind, it's going to be a painful process. And the truth is, they'll, they'll do that surgery and everything will be repaired. But do you know this? It's not just going to be completely fixed at that moment. There's going to be some physical training. I'm going to have to go through some stretching and some working to get my knee back to healthy working order. And that's the truth for all of us in seasons of suffering, walking through seasons of pain. We're just going to have to walk through the process. And sometimes it's a painful process. But can I tell you this? If we trust Jesus, if we, if we follow his word, I can tell you it can be a holy process of walking through these circumstances and seasons of life. So I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna share with you some principles out of God's word that I believe will help us walk through that process in a way that honors God. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word. It's alive and breathing. It's for us. Your word reminds us, it corrects us, it inspires us, and it equips us for every good work. We're reminded of that every week as we open your word together. So God, I pray that this isn't just another day, just another moment that we're spending uh, opening your word, but Father, that, it, that we're marked by it, that somehow you equip us with something we didn't have before we came into it, God, so that we can live our life on purpose in a way that honors you. I pray you get all the honor and all the glory for it in Jesus' name, amen. If you're taking notes, number one, I think we need to learn to submit. We need to learn to submit. The Bible reminds us about it in Mark chapter 14, verses 35 and 36. It says that he went on a little bit further and fell to the ground, talking about Jesus. It says, he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass by him. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I think if there was ever a moment or ever a person that would, that would uh, be able to avoid any kind of suffering, it would be Jesus. It would be him. I mean, he had all of the authority of the Father in human form. I mean, he was able to do things that none of us have ever been able to accomplish in our life. He walked on water. He could heal people that no one else could heal. He had all the authority of heaven in, humanly form, in human form, in his humanity, yet he suffered great pain in his life. The Bible reminds us in the book of Hebrews that there was nothing that, that, that Jesus, nothing that we would ever walk through that Jesus didn't walk through. He gets it. He understands it. He's walked through anxiety. He's walked through in, in the humanity of his life, walking on this earth. He's walked through the pain of people walking away from him. And he's walked through um, literal walking through a season where he was knowing he was going to be murdered. Not just emotional pain or psychological pain, great physical pain, this awful hour awaiting him. And yet Jesus learned in that moment that it was for a purpose. We talked about that last week. And so he submitted himself to the process. God, I don't want to do it, but your will be done. I've learned some things about submission over my life. Submission in this context really is trusting that God sees what I cannot see that he knows what I don't know, that he's working it out for my good and for his glory even in the process. Submission really is an act of obedience. I've learned that submission's really not submission if I'm completely okay with the process. It's not, just, it's not really submission if I'm on board with everything about to happen. 
Jesus said, I don't want this to happen, but I trust that you see something that I don't see. So I want your will, not my will. Come on, have you had to do some things like that in your own life before? Maybe you've had to do that as a child when your parents were uh, guiding you, directing you, and you didn't really understand it and you didn't really get it, but you submitted it. You surrendered to their will and you just had to believe that they knew more than you knew or saw something you didn't see. That's what surrender is. God, I don't understand the process that I'm going through. I don't understand the pain that I'm walking through, but Father, your will, not mine. I'm learning to submit it all to him. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice. Listen, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. God honors our submission in difficult seasons of life far more than any other thing that we could offer him in any other season of life. God is honored with submission. I know when I parent my kids, there's sometimes that they just cannot see what I see. And in their little world and in their little minds, it just can't be conceivable that me telling them something that all the, different than what they can see would be feasible. But it is. Hey, son, you can't eat candy for breakfast. It's not good for you. Hey, you need to brush your teeth. We're teaching you good, healthy habits, things you don't know in the moment. I know it's not fun. I know it doesn't always seem like the, the, the most uh, convenient thing for you to do, but there's things that your parents need you to do. And until you can see it for yourself, you're just going to have to surrender, submit in those moments. What's going on in your life right now where you just need to learn to submit it to the Lord? There's a season, a process of pain that you're walking through. And the very first step of getting through the process is submitting it to the Lord. Number two, I would encourage you, we need to learn to worship through it. We need to learn to worship in the process. I love in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul's going through a very difficult season and it says, him and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other people were listening. Give you a little context, simply for preaching the gospel, for becoming believers, and followers of Jesus, they were thrown into prison for their faith. And instead of, instead of uh, being down and out, instead of worrying about their own circumstance or situation, in the midst of a painful moment, in the midst of really confusion about what might come tomorrow, it says at the midnight hour, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Even in the midst of their pain, they focused on the magnitude of the Father. That's what worship is. Worship is practice for eternity. Worship is, a, is taking ourselves out of our circumstance and out of our situation and placing the focus on the magnitude of a God who knows all things, sees all things, and can do all things. John Ortberg says, I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude, and I plod through life with blinders on. 
Without worship, I simply find myself walking through, getting caught up in the rat race of life. Without worship, I find myself getting mired down into the mud of the here and now. I just go through the motions. I believe this with all of my heart. There are so many people in this world who are just going through the motions. We're just going to work or we just live our life and we get up and do the same old thing every old day only to do it all over again with no purpose, with no passion, with nothing bigger than ourselves. Worship reminds us of the greatness of God. We're perishing for lack of wonder. We're just so caught up in the mundane here. And God is bigger than the circumstance we're in. It's how Paul, in the midst of it, was understanding that I can walk through any mundane pain here on this earth because eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God has prepared for those that love them. There is a vastness to the God that we serve. I've learned that worship is the remedy to apathy. When I, when I get into the mundane of life, when I'm walking through difficult seasons, when I'm suffering through a circumstance, worship pulls me out of that particular moment. I'm no longer apathetic about what's going on. I'm focusing on the greatness of God. We get to worship a God that cannot be exaggerated. As, as high as we can put him, as large as we can think, that's how vast our God is, far greater than even that, beyond what we can think or imagine. Worship is a celebration of the gospel before the world. I love in that passage of scripture that not only were they worshiping, but it says the other prisoners were listening. I believe this with all of my heart, that your sphere of influence needs to see you worshiping through your pain. My sphere of influence needs to see me honoring God in the midst of the circumstance. I believe this. I know this in my life. God didn't cause all the pain in my life, but I believe that he will work all things out for my good and for his glory. Though he didn't cause it, he can work through it. And it's my responsibility to worship him in the process. There's a girl that I found on, a lady that I found on Instagram a number of years ago. Her name is Brooklyn Salisbury. She passed away uh, earlier this year. You can see her Instagram. It's Brooklyn underscore speaks. I would encourage you to go look that up. And I began to read her story and I began to see what she was walking through. And she's walked through an incredible thing that many of us will never face in our life. She knew there was nothing that could be done for her life. She knew well before the day would come that she was going to die. She pretty much knew the time and place, the hour in which it, would gonna, which it was gonna happen. And the most encouraging thing to me was to be able to walk through, be able to walk through her social media, look through her social media and watch her walk out her faith and honor God, the vastness of who God was, even in the midst of great pain. I don't think there's a better example to the world around us than for us to be walking through great pain and suffering well, worshiping Jesus through the process. Even to the, even to the moment of her deathbed, she gave God honor, waiting, awaiting the day that she would see him face to face. What does our worship look like? Are we honoring God in the midst of it? Or do we find ourselves much like times our immature children 
throwing temper tantrums, isolating ourselves away from community and people around us, not understanding, not getting our way, so completely disconnecting from, from God and anything else in the world. I believe the world needs to see us in these moments, lift up the name of God, lift up the place of the person of God, lift up the name of Jesus in every circumstance. We have to learn to worship. It's a process. God, I'm submitting my life. I'm submitting my circumstance to you. And no matter what, Father, you're bigger than any other thing. If you never did anything good for me again, salvation was enough. So I'm worshiping you through the process. Number three, if you're taking notes, I think we need to learn to forgive. We need to learn to forgive. Jesus said it this way in Luke 23 and 24, a moment when he could be uh, the most angry and bitter at anything. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. In his greatest moment of pain, physically, emotionally, his, his disciples had deserted him. They had walked away as he had predicted. He had been beaten, the Bible says, so much so that he was not even recognizable as a man. His flesh hanging off of his skin, off of his body, thorns through his head, hanging on a cross, nails driven through his hands. And in that moment, his greatest moment of pain, he said, Father, forgive them. We spoke about the power of forgiveness through reruns and We've talked about the process of forgiveness in the last couple of weeks. How do I begin to walk in forgiveness when I've suffered so much pain at the hands of others? I know that there's probably people tuning in who have walked through great abuse in your life. There may be things that you've walked through that nobody knows about. There's secret pain. You've grown, you've grew, you grew up in a family of dysfunction and abuse and maybe addiction, maybe all different things. You name it, fill in the blank. And you said to yourself, I don't think I could ever forgive what's been done to me. I don't think I could ever walk through and, and find myself in a place where I can forgive that person or those people. Here's what I've learned. Forgiveness really is a financial term. It's not even an emotional thing. Forgiveness is simply the cancellation of a debt. That's really what forgiveness is. You don't have to feel forgiveness to actually forgive. Did you know that? You could wake up every day of your life and have an emotion flood your spirit and flood your heart, yet still forgive. I've learned that Jesus would have never commanded us to do anything that wasn't a possibility. And he says in his word, forgive so that you can be forgiven. Forgive those who have offended you just as the Father in heaven has forgiven us. Forgiveness is actually a command from heaven. It wasn't even a suggestion. God commands us as followers of Jesus to walk in his footsteps in forgiveness. And as much suffering as many people have suffered at the hands of people around them, circumstances that were out of your control, God is calling you to forgive. Part of the painful process of healing and suffering well is to learn to forgive others. Forgiveness is actually the thing that, is, that will most likely set you free from the bondage of the pain that was caused in your life. Unforgiveness will rot your soul. It'll rot your spirit. 
We said a couple of weeks ago, one day you'll wake up and you won't care about, care about anything other than yourself. And it will be caused by a root of bitterness that was caused by unforgiveness. So how can I begin, Brandon, if I feel this overwhelming emotion? I, I just can't bring myself to forgive those around me. How in the world can I even begin to take steps of forgiveness? Well, I'm going to give you three steps real quick. Not in your notes. Write these down. Number one, you need to pray for your offender. What? You need to pray for them. And you need to find it in yourself, even when the emotion isn't there, to verbally speak out of your mouth, praying for the favor of God, for their hearts to be turned to, to heaven, for their lives to be changed, for Jesus to put people in their life that could, that could influence them for good. You need to begin to pray for those people who have greatly harmed you or hurt you. Maybe you're walking through a season of suffering right now because of somebody else. And I would encourage you every single day to wake up and to begin to speak their name and speak the love of God over their life. Something happens when we begin to pray for others. That's why Jesus did it on the cross. He didn't, not only, not only, he didn't just look at the people and say, I forgive you. He said, Father, forgive them. He prayed for God to do something in that moment. Don't hold this account against them. You need to speak and pray forgiveness over them. Number two, you need to speak forgiveness over the offender. You need to somehow, some way, communicate with them and say out of your mouth, I forgive you. And I can tell you right off of the bat, the first time you do that, it's probably not gonna change much in your feelings. But I've learned in my own faith journey over years and years of walking out, following Jesus, submitting myself to his word, worshiping him through difficult seasons. I've learned that when, the more that I say it, my feelings will follow my decisions. If I allow my feelings to dictate every decision made in my life, I will find myself stuck in a season of suffering that, never, that I never get out of. But I would encourage you today, just test it. Start soon, start now, begin speaking forgiveness to those people, to that person, over that person. Even if that person is long out of your life, speak it verbally, I forgive you, I forgive them. You may have to do it every day for the next six weeks, the next six months, the next six years, but your feelings will eventually follow your decision to trust Jesus and walk in forgiveness. The third thing is you need, to, you need to pray for them. You need to speak forgiveness over them. And I just said it. You need to do it over and over and over again. It needs to be consistent in your life. I think a good thing to begin to practice is whenever there's an offense in your life. I'm not saying don't address it. I'm not saying don't, don't, uh, don't, don't walk through it, don't get the proper things done in the process. But once that is done, once it's been addressed, and once you're in, safe, you're in a safe place and you're, you've walked through the process and you're still walking through the pain, begin to walk in forgiveness. Do it consistently. Jesus would never ask us to do something that just can't be done. Stop believing that lie and start beginning the process of your healing through forgiveness. Number four, I would tell you this one, you need to learn to serve. You need to learn to serve. 
Isaiah 58 and 10, God reminds the nation of Israel amongst all the things that they were trying to do for God to hear their voice. He said, this is what you need to do. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine from darkness and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. I'm never more like Jesus than when I'm serving those around me. It's ne- I'm never able to get outside of myself more than when I lay all of my own things down. I lay all of the stuff that I'm walking through down and I pick up the servitude of others. Jesus said he didn't come to be served, but to serve. The very best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in service to others. Jesus said it's greater to give than to receive. And Frank said it this way, no one's ever become too poor by giving. I know this, that the devil would never tell you to serve someone else. The enemy would never tell you to be generous in your time to serve others around you for the betterment of people. I hear so many times, well, I need to pray about that or I need to ask God if that's what he wants me to do. Here's your, here's your sign. It's a yes. Any opportunity placed in your sphere of influence to serve those around you is a yes from God. You want to know the secret sauce to a happy, fulfilled life? The secret sauce to, becoming, to, over, to overcoming the seasons of suffering in my life? Serving others. I believe that small acts, when multiplied by lots of people, can transform our world. It can transform your sphere of influence. Where are you serving? I mean, you need to, there's plenty of opportunities. You need to serve in the context of your local church. You need to get on a team here at Cultivate and begin to, begin to serve others outside of yourself, not just come and consume, but love those around you. One of the greatest remedies to getting outside of the season that I'm in, outside of myself, inward focused, is begin to turn my focus outward to others. Get on a team. Don't just show up on a Sunday. Don't just come in and leave and get out. Get on a team. Start serving those around you. I'm telling you, God. God will use that to begin to walk you through the process of healing in seasons of suffering. Number five, I will tell you, you need to learn to grow. Learn to grow. What does that mean? James 1, 3 through 4 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I love this. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So let it grow. What does that mean? Maybe you're in a season of great pain right now. And it could possibly be that in this season of great pain, instead of doing anything you could possibly feasibly do to get yourself out of it, Maybe you could settle in, submit yourself to it, worship God through it, serve others around you, and let it mature your faith. Because I know that difficult seasons, good suffering, it tests our faith. It it gives us an opportunity to grow our endurance. So the Bible says, let it grow. Pain nourishes courage. I love this statement. It says, you can't be brave if you've only had wonderful things happen your entire life. Seasons of difficult difficulty in our life cause us to step up, to grow, to get stronger, to be courageous. But here's the good news. Every season of pain is simply that. It's simply a season. 
no winter lasts forever and no, no spring skips its turn, says Hal Borland. Meaning this, that it's not gonna, it's a season of suffering. You'll walk through that season and it will produce, it will produce a great, a great crop in your life. It'll produce much fruit in your life. So let the season do what it does. I know this, that pain changes people, but it makes us stronger. Are you recognizing the growth in your spiritual journey, in your life, as a result of the great pain that you've been walking through? It'll happen if you let it. Last thing I'll share with you today is is we need to share. When we're suffering, when we're walking through difficult seasons of life, the Bible reminds us that it's it's a life worth sharing. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. To give them the reason for the hope that you have. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. What does it look like for me to live out my faith in the midst of suffering? I know this, that as followers of Jesus, our lives are constantly sharing a form or version of the gospel. Did you know that? A good one or a bad one? A life-giving one? Or, or, uh, or a life-sucking one. Uh, one that honors God or one that honors culture around us. We, our lives, are, are proclaiming the gospel. So here's the question. Is my, is my life sharing the true gospel through my life? One that can cover all sin but doesn't leave us in our sin. One that calls us to come and die to ourself. Or am I living a self fish life, one that mistreats grace as a license to do what I want, one that's, so, that's only self-focused and only, only honors God if everything goes my way or I get what I want. Does God have all of me or does he have everything except? Am I prepared to share the gospel through the season of suffering that I'm in? I know this, there's no under, there's no one, no name under heaven other than Jesus. Other than Jesus that can change people's life. And as I'm walking through this process of suffering, have I submitted myself to Jesus? Am I worshiping in the midst of it? Have I learned to forgive those around me? Do I serve those in my sphere of influence? Or am I living an isolated life Always just wondering the why behind the what. Why don't you let God put you through the process? Because I promise on the other end of that process, the Bible, as the Bible reminds us in James chapter one, we will be com- perfectly complete, lacking nothing. Jesus is my hope because I've submitted my life to him. I've learned to forgive those who have offended me. I've learned to worship him in the vastness of who he is. I found myself serving him and others, and he's walked me through so much in my life. Jesus is our hope. I want to pray with you right where you are, wherever you're tuning in from. Maybe that's you today, and maybe if you're honest, you're walking through great seasons of difficulty. Life is hard. You don't understand why your spouse is acting the way they're acting. You don't understand why the circumstance is going on in your life, why the sickness Why this sickness? Why not somebody else? Why just me? Why am I going through this incredible season of difficulty? And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you would 
finally come to terms that you really don't have a relationship with Jesus. That you're not living out the gospel. That's not Your life is not proclaiming the good news of Jesus to the world. Your life is really proclaiming a life of selfish ambition, self-seeking, self-centered humanity. And it needs to begin with Jesus. He can't walk you through the process if you're not in relationship with him. So right where you are, I want to lead you in a prayer. You would say, Father, forgive me of my sin. I'm so sorry that I've done it in my own strength and my own ability. Today, I lay all of my sin down at the foot of the cross and I pick up Jesus. Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. And today, I follow you as my Lord. I lay my sin down and I'm following you and your word with my life. Thank you for salvation. Father, I pray for our church today. I pray for so many people walking through difficult seasons. God, as they've trusted you and they've, they, they, you're their savior, they're walking out their life in a way that honors you to the best of their ability. Father, I pray that you surround them with people. They get into a good small group and God, they begin to walk through the process of healing. God, not that it's always gonna be easy and it's not gonna be painful at times, but God, we know only on the back end of it, we're gonna be complete, lacking nothing. So God, that you would get all of the honor and all the glory out of our lives. We give it to you in Jesus' name, amen.